You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Comes around, is all around. Don't you mean what's all around comes around, Ricky? We are back on The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming, and we go from the East Division to the Central Division, uh, continuing on with our WHL preview brought to you by dubnetwork.ca. It's an in-the-dub segment. Stay up to date on everything happening around the Western Hockey League by visiting dubnetwork.ca. Do it every day. You subscribe to your daily dose of the dub. Comes right to your inbox. Really convenient. Uh, I certainly, uh, that's the way I start most of my mornings off. Uh, and my guest uh, to break down the Central Division is uh, Glenn Erickson. Uh, Glenn, well, welcome uh, back to the Pipeline Show, and I guess welcome to the Central Division after uh, being in Kelowna for so long. You're getting excited, though, for the WHL season down in Medicine Hat. Yeah, you bet. You know, it's uh, it's uh, nice to be in a junior hockey city uh, this time of year. A uh, little under the weather here today. We'll do our best to, to struggle through and make this tolerable. Uh, Beware the ailing freelancer. <laughs> all right, well, we'll we'll make do. Uh, all right, the way we're we're going about this is we're looking at the six teams in the division, and we're going to kind of go in reverse order. So, the team that you think is going to struggle the most this year and finish in last place in the division, we'll start with that club and uh, move up the list. So, who's that team that you think is going to finish at the bottom this year? Well, kind of a toss-up, uh, I guess, uh, Red Deer Rebels and Swift Current Broncos. Uh, you know, for my money, I think Red Deer is going to be in tough, uh, potentially your last-place finisher. Uh, you know, hard to say exactly what Red Deer was all about uh, a few weeks ago, but uh, it looks to me like it, it's all about the youth movement. Uh, you know, a couple of deals of late when, you know, Jacob Heroff and Alex Morozov were uh, sent to uh, Victoria and Seattle, respectively. Uh, you know, there were a couple of the older guys on the roster and uh, you know, I guess if the Rebels have confidence that some of the young up-and-comers um, are going to see a little more ice time uh, this season, um, maybe those deals make some sense. And, uh, you know, I remember hearing Brent Sutter speak with you a few weeks ago, and, and he suggested that this season uh, this might be the youngest team that he's ever coached. Mm. And, you know, he indicated he was, was pretty excited about, about that prospect. So uh, I think the Rebels will be in tough, uh, a young hockey team, um, I think some tough times in Red Deer this winter. All right. Well, when we look closer at that roster, uh, certainly Ethan Anders though gives him a fighting chance every night in net. Uh, I know you're you're new to the conference, so you didn't get to see Red Deer every day uh, last year or, or frequently last year. But um, Anders can steal some games. But you, you make a good point about how young they are this year. And I look at that blue line, and boy, a year or two from now, that defensive core for Red Deer could be pretty uh, pretty interesting to to look at. Um, but I guess when you have a young team, one of those things you have to worry about is how quickly that transition is to get used to this level, what, how long that could take. Fair? Absolutely. Yeah, fair comment. And Ethan Andrews, uh, interesting. If my research is accurate, he, uh, if he starts this weekend, that'll be his 100th appearance. Uh, mm. So there's a guy who is used to the rigors in the Western Hockey League. And anytime you've got a goaltender, it gives you a chance to win. I think the players up front uh, will, will certainly play with some confidence. Uh, again, with a young team, I always look at the overage group too because uh, – you know, think about it. You're a 20 year old and, and you kind of look around the room and you have a pretty good feeling out of the gate that you're not in for a deep playoff room. So, or pardon me, a playoff run. And, and I guess when you're part of that kind of an overage group, um, in my mind, that makes you a pretty special player because your contribution is really going to be, uh, important for the development of the young guys. It looks like Cameron Hausinger, Ethan Sakowicz and, Brett Davis, a couple of uh, forwards and a defenseman. Uh, there can be some movement with the overagers, of course. Uh, so it's a big year for Dawson Barteau as well. You know, coming back from Dallas Stars camp, uh, mm-hmm. he's going to want to have as good a year as possible because um, 
it's all about those uh, entry-level contracts, isn't it? It certainly is, and for a guy like that, he's going to be really motivated. And and Anders, uh, going back to Ethan Anders, not drafted last year, so he's going to have some motivation, uh, extra motivation for him as well. And a couple of uh, notables up front uh, I think are worth mentioning. Newcomer rookie this year, Jaden Grub, who was taken uh, very early in that 2018 draft. And that 2018 draft, boy, there's going to be a lot of those guys making their debut, full-time debut this year. But uh, Grub was taken seventh overall that year. And uh, saw him in the preseason when the the Rebels came through Edmonton. He's already six two, six three, and closing in on two hundred pounds. He looks like the real deal. But again, young, so maybe we got to temper expectations a bit. Yeah, the future looks bright though, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and I think that's got to be exciting for the fan base. There, you know, that's a hockey city in Red Deer, and and I I think that these people recognize that uh, there might be some pain before some gain, and um, you know what. The Rebels' future does look very bright. I think they're in for a tough season this year, but look out a couple of years down the road. All right, well, we go from uh, Red Deer, and you mentioned it was between that, they and uh, the Swift Current Broncos, so I'm assuming the Broncos are your, your fifth-place team. Uh, why do you see them struggling this year? Well, Swift Current, I guess maybe that goes to my Saskatchewan roots, but uh, <laughs> you know what? Swift Current, I was able to see them in the preseason. They played, uh, I guess we'll call it a neutral site game in Irvine, Alberta against Tigers and uh, had an opportunity to speak with Dean Brockman uh, before the game. I just think the Brockman's an easy guy to pull for. He's, he's been, you know, in some tough situations with uh, with some hockey teams that haven't been particularly deep. Of course, Saskatoon, and then coming into Swift Current after their championship season. Mm-hmm. When Swift Current came in to that preseason game, they brought the beef. I was real impressed with some of the players on the hockey club, how big they were and how they were able to move. I was able to watch the game from ice level. Uh, real impressed. One of the things I like about Swift Current, too, um, gosh, they had the first CHL uh, import draft pick yep. and landed a defenseman out of Finland by the name of Castapudio. And this kid is just an outstanding skater. Um, I think that he is a guy who's really going to help the rest of the defense, of course, sort of buy time in uh, the defending zone and looks like a guy who is going to be able to really help get the puck up ice. Um, he's He reminds me of Lassie Thompson in Kelowna from last season. Hmm. Now, Thompson arrived uh, last year in Kelowna with a fracture, but uh, took the BC division by storm. And, you know, obviously, 19th pick overall at the NHL draft by the Ottawa Senators. Uh, my only hope for Swift is that Castro Pudio uh, is not uh, a one and done uh, in Swift Current because he's a guy that uh, certainly I think will benefit from exposure this year in uh, his draft year. Yeah, I don't know if he's, uh, you know, one of those players that are here on loan from their team. You go back to Julius Honka and you mentioned Lassie Thompson, similar situations where they were allowed to come over for the year, but they're under contract back home and they play this year, get drafted and, and go back uh, to Finland next year. I don't know if that's the situation or not with, uh, Puccio, but, uh, now it's definitely a player to watch for when you're taking first overall, uh, in the entire CHL import draft. Uh, there's got to be something yeah, there. But the pipeline from Finland, uh, in the Swiss current, uh, you know, you think what happened to Yanni a few years ago and, uh, yeah. you know, Brock shared with me that, uh, that he did have some input in, in talking to Pudio about, uh, the experience in Swift, Swift current. But, you know, beyond him as, as just one potentially elite player in Swift current, you know, that can elevate the entire group. 
you know, I, I don't mind the 20s. Ethan O'Rourke, Zach Cox, Jake Kuska. You know, O'Rourke and Cox, you know, they're, they're huge, 6'4", 6'5". Any forward kind of can, 6'4". They move pretty well uh, in the view and zone. On the fence, Austin Heron, John Horning, Kits, 6'4", 6'3". So, you know, I think that this year, Swift Current, uh, we made a little weekend goal. Isaac Coulter and Jordan Fairley right now, the tandem, lost less than 30 games between them. The mind Western Hockey So, one of those guys is going to have to emerge. But uh, I think Swift Current's going to be very difficult to play against uh, this year. I think that uh, they're going to make teams work real hard uh, to get deep into the uh, attacking zone. Um, you know what? I also, I just think Swift Current, I think they're due, uh, they're due for a bit of a turnaround and uh, they might just, they might just edge the Rebels by a nose for fifth place. All right. Well, watch for that. Having a bit of phone trouble, but I did hear you mention Zach Cox. Good example of how quickly things can change at this time of year. The dub, they've parted ways with Zach Cox and released him. So, uh, he's not in the picture now uh, for the Broncos, uh, for this year. So they've got Ethan Rourke, uh, excuse me, Ethan O'Rourke. Uh, and uh, Jake Kuster on the back end, and they they just brought in somebody else, but the uh, the roster update isn't uh, available on the uh, the WHL's uh, website uh, just yet. And you know what's funny? How that'll you know these things will change day to day. And then Zach had an opportunity in Lethbridge last year, and Dean yeah. Brockman spoke highly of him uh, being a guy that they thought they could lean on. But you know what? If someone came in there and did a better job and impressed the coaching staff, that's just the nature of the beast. Uh, at this time of year, and uh, you know, Swift Current's doing everything they can to to make sure that the cover's not there. All right, Glenn Erickson from uh, Dub Network, my guest here on the Pipeline Show. As we look at the WHL Central Division, and uh, in my mind, I don't know if you agree or not, but there's there's six teams in the division, but there's four, and then a gap, and then two, the two that we've just talked about. I think there is a significant gap between the the top four and the bottom two. Um, who is your a team that will finish in fourth, uh, Glenn? I'm picking Lethbridge uh, at this point. I think uh, they will go how uh, Kalen Addison and Dylan Cousins go. Uh, you know, the upside is that uh, those are two very uh, elite players. They were, they were, you know, near top of the heap last season. In the Central. Um, you know, does Jordy Bellary have come back this year too? So there are some questions. I do think Lethbridge's team size, again, I think they're going to make it difficult for other teams. Uh, they are big, big up front. Uh, look for a big season from Logan Barleghi this year. I've seen him from time to time with just a quick release, but gosh, you know, he's, he's a big, big power forward. Um, the 20s, uh, interesting situation there. DJ Jerome uh, is a guy that I was able to see. Uh, well, he was a member of the Victoria Royals. He's got some uh, offensive skill, but Depending on what happens uh, with some of the guys that are in NHL camps, uh, you know, DJ might be a guy on the outside looking in. Ty Prefontaine, big defenseman there, um, ex of the Saskatoon Contacts, uh, mm. midget organization. Coltrane Wilson, uh, that might be the best name in the Central Division. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, they've got a big import defenseman in Pavilco at 6'6". Belarus played 61 games last year. You know, uh, if if all of these guys come back into the fold, I think they're going to be a big, tough physical team to play against my concern with the hurricanes uh, is in net and i know carl tetachuk was kind of thrown into a, a tough situation when uh, liam hughes uh, decided to retire early last year after that trade from seattle and they did what they could uh, with uh, tetachuk but 
I, I thought goaltending kind of let them down uh, when, when it came time for the playoffs. And uh, I think they could upgrade there. And I, I'm looking at a couple of teams in the league that might have extra goaltenders. Certainly Vancouver comes to mind. Uh, and I could see uh, a, a, a trade potential to add a goaltender. And maybe if it's even a, an overage goaltender um, like uh, like David Tendak or something, that would uh, cause problems with the, the current uh, 20-year-olds that are in Lethbridge. But for me, the big question mark right now with the Hurricanes is a net. How, about, how do you feel about their goaltending? Yeah. No, I I totally agree with you, and and you know I've known Peter Anhol for years, as as you have. Uh, he is not afraid to pull the trigger if yeah. he if he feels that there's a a good opportunity there. Um, you know, Byron Thompson um, again, a big goaltender, six six. You know, he was a Lethbridge uh, Hurricanes second round uh, pick at the Bantam draft. So, you know, I don't think I'm going out on a limb suggesting that the scouting staff want to see what this guy can do. After all, that's a pretty high pick. But uh, again, he's young. Um, if uh, if the Hurricanes were able to land a veteran, you know, say a guy like Attendick, I think it would be costly because Vancouver's not going to give him away. Uh, by the same token, um, you know what? Now you've got a veteran goaltender who can steal you some games, and I think that would potentially elevate Lethbridge in the standings in the Central. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the way I feel about the the Hurricanes as well. But uh, lots of pieces still alike. I don't I don't expect Jordy Bellreve back to you. Well, I don't expect any of them. I've joked uh, with some guys here lately. I've said, let's hallucinate for a moment and suggest <laughs> that Bell, Reeve, Lecician, and Henry return. Not a chance. But if those three ever ended up back in the fold, that your overage situation is in flux. But now you've got a team that likely is, is challenging for uh, a Western Hockey League championship. Get one of them back. And it's probably a guy that you deal at the trade deadline. Yeah. So again, there, you know, would be a myriad of, of, of possibilities. But, you know, again, that's why some of the conversations in September can be tricky because, uh, an overage deadline second week of October or trade deadline second week in January, lots of things are going to change. We're halfway through the division. Who finishes in third for you, Glenn? Well, you're Edmonton Oil Kings. Okay. And that's another close race. Um, maybe a bit of a homer choice when we get to my second place team. But, uh, you know, I definitely like what is happening in Edmonton. I think that they benefit from, um, Connor McDonald being, uh, yesterday, 50 points last season um, on the blue line. That really helps. Um, I like Riley Sawchuk, who came over from Tri City Americans. I think mm-hmm. the Oil Kings probably have some, some good plans for him. Um, Dylan Miskew and goal as a 20. If, if those are the three overages in Edmonton, I, I like that mix, uh, you know, one in every department. The question I guess I would ask about the goaltending situation, maybe you could shed some light. Would Todd Scott be the backup goaltender? Would he be the backup there as a 19? He's a, he's a big kid, good goaltender. See, the thing is right now, I think the goalie who's most secure is Sebastian Kosa. I think they really want him to be the backup this year. And I'm not sure which way they're going with either Miskew or, or Scott. Um, now that they've made the, the, the other trade, uh, which we'll get to with, uh, Parker Gallus going to Medicine Hat, they, they don't have the pressure of adjusting their 20 year old situation, but I don't know that I'm, I'm necessarily uh, convinced that they're, they're not going to, uh, which way they're going to go with their goaltender. They could still trade Dylan Miskew and I think he would have some value around the league because he was one of the, the top goalies, uh, not just in the regular season, but in the playoffs last year. And maybe uh, get another twenty-year-old uh, for a different position. And Todd Scott, I, he hasn't established himself as a bona fide starter yet in the WHL. So there, there's a risk to doing either or. And I'm not sure which way the Oil Kings are leaning. 
Well, then you move up and on on defense, you know, again, you know, Matt Robertson is is a guy who is you know going to log a ton of minutes. Certainly, McDonald coming back is going to take some pressure off there. Mm-hmm. Um, move up front, you know, how to do there and uh, Jake Neighbors, how, how do they emerge this season? Uh, that's that's going to be a a big deal, I think. But um, you know, in my opinion, the Oil Kings lost have lost the best player in the Central Division from last season in Trey Fixwellowski. Yeah. So you know, how do you replace the minutes and the production there? Uh, you know, probably by committee. I guess that's the term you might hear. But uh, I'm just not 100 percent uh, certain that uh, that riddle has been solved yet. Well, they they definitely have lost a lot. Not just Trey Fixwellowski, but Vince Lasciavo has gone. Uh, Quinn Benjafield is gone. I think it's five of their top six scorers from last year are all gone. At the same time, they do have some guys uh, and high-quality players who are going to take on big roles. You mentioned Jake Neighbors, Dylan Gunther, former first overall pick in that 2018 draft, comes in. And he is uh, looking every bit the score that you would hope a uh, a first overall pick would be. And and other guys who will take on bigger roles this year that played further down the depth start last year, like Carter Such and, and Scott Atkinson, they're going to take on uh, bigger roles this year and, and uh, look like they're they're capable of it. I'm I'm really curious to see what Riley Sawchuk looks like as a full time uh, Oil King. You don't want to put too much stock in a preseason, but had nine or ten points uh, in the preseason, so good start there. Vlad Alistrov should take on a uh, uh, take a, a step forward in his development this year. So um, and the one guy who uh, there seems to always be one guy in for every team that uh, looks leaps and bounds ahead of where they were the year before. For me, that guy with the Oil Kings is Jalen Lipen, who was like a third, fourth line guy last year. He really is uh, coming into camp this year. He's he's listed at five ten, five eleven, not the biggest guy in the world, but he's draft eligible, and he uh, he's had a really good uh, camp and a preseason uh, so far. So uh, that's the Oil Kings. Now we've got two teams left: Medicine Hat and Calgary. Who's your number two team? Okay, hey, feel free to call it a homer pick. I I think the Medicine Hat might just have enough to to. Um to nose out Edmonton for second place. Uh, you know, at the at the top there, um, you know the hiring of Willie Desjardins uh, at the end of May, um, I think has has really kind of uh, you know breathed some new life in, into the community and the organization. So uh, there certainly is some excitement there. Um, I like I really like the overage situation in Medicine Hat. They had four forwards and a goaltender, Jordan Hall, at uh, you know a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. All retired and is, is pursuing post-secondary education. Uh, but with the four forwards, uh, you know, in the opinion, all four of those guys could, could play in the Western Hockey League this season, yep. which would give the Tigers uh, some assets to maybe move around. Um, James Hamblin uh, is coming back. He was the team's top scorer. And uh, I looked at him, for example, Brett Kemp, who came over from Edmonton um, you know, last year. It, it makes me sort of think back sort of a Trevor Cox, Cole Sanford, one-two punch in Medicine Hat. Hmm. You know, guys that could absolutely light it up. And if, if Hamlin and Kemp can have that kind of an impact, uh, the Tigers could give some teams some fits in the attacking zone. Uh, look for a big year from Rangers. Uh, fared pretty well at uh, Winnipeg Jets uh, you know, here uh, over the past couple of weeks. And uh, i got to say, I, I think the Medicine Hat Tigers have got the best goaltender in the division, in, uh, Matt Sogard. Well, he's definitely the biggest. <laughs> no question about that. At six seven and and now two hundred pounds, and uh, boy, he was outstanding in the playoffs uh, for the Tigers last year against the Oil Kings in that first round. Uh, I've joked that uh, 
that series went five games. It could have been over in three if not for Matt Sogard, because uh, he, uh, the Oil Kings couldn't buy a goal on him in a couple of those games. Um, the uh, 20-year-old situation now for the Tigers after they've uh, let Logan Christensen go. So they still got Prezuzo up front and James Hamblin and Hayden Oster and uh, and Parker Gavlis now coming in for the Oil Kings. So there's still some work to do there. And, again, you and I are having this conversation on uh, on a Tuesday. Uh, things could change a lot by the Friday when this, uh, this podcast comes out for the general public. So um, things could really change uh, quickly, but uh, all four of these guys could play in the league. I was I was really surprised, Guy, that um, that there wasn't a deal out there for Logan Christensen. Yeah. Um, um, even even a draft pick, but I thought uh, that there might be someone that the Tigers could move from the Rovers group um, um, to to replace with a player. But uh, it looks at this point, you know, like it's going to be between Oster and, and Dallas. Um, it you know I was of the opinion that uh, the Tigers needed to find an overage defenseman. Hmm. Um, and again, I thought they had the assets to make that deal. You know, picking up Gavlis, uh, you know, ostensibly that deal was will be made available with Madonna to the Oil Kings. But, uh, you know, bringing Gavlis in here, I think that's going to help. Um, that was maybe out of the gate, uh, Willie Desjardins, probably his biggest construction project with the Tigers this year. Uh, it was a defensive core, a pretty young group. Um, with Galvis coming in as a 20, you know, we'll see how he can come in and, uh, you know, if he can play big minutes and take some pressure off the younger guys, that's going to be very beneficial. It looks like the Tigers are going to keep Drew Krebs around as a 16-year-old. Mm-hmm. I think that these 16s have, have got to be, um, uh, you know, given the opportunity to appear in, in you know, at least 40 games. Uh, Krebs moves pretty well. You know, young guy, good with the puck. And um, is a guy they're going to be counting on in the future, but he's going to need to to learn from from some of the veterans. And and you know, is Gavlis the guy that uh, that uh, a young player like Drew Krebs can lean on? You know, we're going to find out. Uh, I think it was a good ad for the Tigers. I didn't know that they would necessarily find a twenty uh, this early, but um, Gavlis is here now, and he looks like he's going to be an important piece of the puzzle out of the gate. I think it's a great pickup by Medicine Hat and didn't have to give up anything off the roster. So uh, really like that trade for Medicine Hat. Uh, the other young guy before we move on to the top team, uh, Cole Sillinger. Uh, and again, we talk about tempering expectations for the rookies, but um, there's lots of reason for Tiger fans to be excited for him, not just this year, but uh, in the, over the next couple. Yeah, Cole Sillinger uh, looked good in some preseason games. You know, good size, really moves well. Uh, pretty, pretty good speed. Um, boy, I think um, he he would have needed a one-ton truck to to tote home all the hardware he collected in the Saskatchewan Midget AAA Hockey League at the end of last season. Uh, terrific season with the Regina Pack Canadians, but uh, you know the the future again looks very bright. I think with guys like Sillinger, Krebs. You know, a young fellow by the name of Aiden Brook. Um, he's got some brothers in the Western Hockey League as well. Um, interesting to see Krebs this year. He's going to play against his older brother in Calgary. Uh, and of course, Peyton in, in Winnipeg at some point once uh, once Peyton is healthy. Uh, these guys, they look real good. You know where else the Tigers are good? They're good in goal uh, behind Solgard. Uh, we've guaranteed Yorkland. They picked up uh, Evan Fredette from the Portland Winterhawks. Uh, again, I think for Fredette, they gave up an eighth round in 2021. So really, they didn't give up much. But yeah. uh, Yorkland and Fredette faced off against each other last year in the Alberta 
Midget Hockey League final uh, with St. Albert and the Calgary Buffaloes. It was Bjorken's Calgary team that went on and advanced to the TELUS Cup. I think the future looks bright for Mavs Hat goal as well. All right, well, that leaves one team, and uh, by process of elimination, you have the Calgary Hitmen uh, being the top team in the Central Division this year. Uh, I'm writing my uh, my write-up for uh, Dub Network right now, the uh, 22 teams, 22 questions, and, and the point I'm making with the Hitmen, uh, they might have the best trio of 20-year-olds in the league, in my opinion. Uh, what makes uh, Calgary the best team in the division, in your opinion, Glenn? I think that's a pretty good place to start. Castell at 47 goals last year. Uh, that's terrific. He's making Ottawa take notice. That's for sure. The Ottawa Senators. Uh, James Mall, uh, you know, he started on uh, really like a house player last year for the Vancouver Giants. Um, surprised that very early in the season they moved him over to Calgary uh, for Tristan Nielsen. And, um, you know, Dakota Krebs, he's going to give you that big physical presence on the blue line as a 20. Um, I think they're really solid. I like in Calgary. Uh, Kelowna, a Kelowna lad, Jackson Vandalese, six foot seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? He had the experience of attending Calgary Flames camp for a while, so got to see the uh, got to see the game at that faster pace. But you know, the addition of Jet Wu from uh, Moose Job that gives the Hitman bona fide top tier defenseman. Uh, you know what? Does he want to be the guy in Calgary? Does he want to lead? Does he want to do the things that make his teammates better? Boy, if so, the Hitmen are are certainly likely to improve on a 36-win season. Yeah, Wu and uh, Igor Zamula on the back end as well, who's no slouch when it comes to the offensive production. Uh, they've they got almost a, a point. Yeah, they uh, really steady right. on the back end. And again, we've I said it with uh, one of the other clubs we chatted about. My only concern for the Hitmen comes in net. And uh, Jack McNaughton was good last year, but as a rookie, I mean, he, it was unfair probably to expect him to to play as much as he had to and. And Carl Stankowski, I guess, still concerns, you know, can he stay healthy? Is He's had a couple of injury-plague seasons, and they were unrelated situations. Um, so I guess I have a concern with uh, with Calgary in, in goal, and maybe they can address that via trade or something. But uh, how do you feel about Calgary's net mining right now? You know what, that's, that's really intriguing. Um, what I find interesting, Calgary seems seems very high on God. Uh, played him a ton. 23, 24 straight games. Uh, you know, as, as a 17-year-old rookie, he, he really took the reins and uh, was a big part of, of Calgary uh, advancing into the second round of the playoffs. Carl Stankowski, boy, what an interesting situation. An easy guy to this year. He was just terrific with the Seattle Thunderbirds as a as a 16-year-old. Um, their deep playoff run. But you know what? The health challenges, um, you know, I think it's a plus that uh, – uh, he was able to get moved back to to Calgary. Uh, you know, he's a 19 year old and has that playoff experience. So you know, maybe these guys can be uh, a, a real solid one two punch in Calgary. By the same token, um, the brass with uh, the Hitmen think that they have a legitimate uh, chance to to push for a Western Hockey League title. Uh, it would not surprise me to see them make a deal for. I guess the question is, do they do it sooner uh, rather than later? What's mm-hmm. the risk in waiting? You know, do you lose a guy to another team? Um, by the same token, uh, if you wait, you know, maybe there's a gem out there, someone else league-wide who emerges as a goaltender having a real good campaign. 
I'll put it out there now. Another team like Lethbridge, maybe that uh, could be looking towards Vancouver and, and uh, checking on the availability availability of David Tendek. Unfortunately, he's a 20, and boy, I wouldn't want to mess with the 20s that uh, that Calgary has. Um, some of the other young guys that we didn't mention that, that deserve recognition, Luke Prokop on the back end, 6'4 and a half, 220-pound uh, 17-year-old. Uh, he's going to be a handful this year. And, and up front, Carson Folk, the Vancouver uh, Canucks, a draft pick, Riley Stotts, uh, who's uh, drafted by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Orca Weisblatt looked interesting in, in preseason that I saw. And uh, the the incoming rookie, uh, Sean Chagall, uh, we'll be looking for him to, to see what he can do as well. But uh, I agree, Calgary is uh, definitely going to be a handful and arguably the team to beat, not just in the division, but arguably could be uh, in the conversation for top team in the conference. They look to me to be, um, you know, the team in the Central that has the most depth. So, again, we look for them to have a good season uh, this year, but, uh, you know, there's some potential for them to be good uh, in the coming seasons as well. Lastly, how many teams out of the Central make the playoffs this year? Uh, Glenn, do you think it's uh, the normal four, or do you think there could be five, uh, or potentially, if things go poorly for the division, only three? I think four for sure. I think that's, you know, I think that's a safe bet. Um, you know, I'm I'm not certain that Swift Current or Red Deer would uh, would, would push uh, some of the teams in uh, in the East Division, um, I would I would suggest probably those four teams. And you know, when I look at, at you going Medicine Hat two, Edmonton three, Lethbridge four, I think those teams are interchangeable in those in those positions. Uh, the two three playoff matchup this year in the Central Division is going to be dynamite. Yeah, uh, I don't disagree with you there. Well, Glenn, really great rundown and uh, setup for the upcoming season in the Central Division. Should be a fun one. When will will you be traveling? Will we see you up in in Edmonton when the Tigers come through? Yeah, you know what? I've, I've looked over the the schedule. There are a few opportunities. I'm going to try to move around a little bit here, uh, you know, and, and kind of brave the prairie highways a little bit. Really looking <laughs> forward to connecting with folks in the Central Division this year. Excellent. Thanks for your time, Glenn. We'll see you at the rink. All right, you bet, Guy. Great job, as always, by uh, Glenn Erickson. Uh, always like having him on the show. Unfortunately, the uh, cell connection there was a, a little bit wonky at times, but I think you could still make out what he was saying uh, in those low spots. Uh, how do I see the division? Similar, but a little bit different, uh, but uh, more similar than, than different. Um, he had two teams not making the playoffs in the Central. So do I. Uh, he had uh, Swift Current and uh, Red Deer as, as those two teams. So do I. But he had Red Deer finishing last. I have Swift Current finishing last. Regardless, both of those teams uh, missing out on the playoffs. We both have Lethbridge as the fourth place team. He has Edmonton third with Medicine Hat second and Calgary as the number one team. I'm going slightly different. Uh, I have uh, Medicine Hat third, Edmonton second, and uh, Calgary as the number one team as well. I do think those three teams, though, going to be very, very tight. As in, within 10 points. Uh, when it's all said and done. I do think Calgary will add a goaltender over the course of the season. And for whatever reason, I go Taylor Goche out of the Prince George Cougars. I, 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 spoiler alert, when we get to the the BC division, um, I don't think Prince George is going to be very good. He's a Calgary guy. I think Jeff Shinoth uh, is going to recognize that uh, he's got a team that can go for it this year, but will upgrade his goaltender. And um, for me, Taylor Goche is a really good fit. Complete speculation on my part. Maybe they don't do anything at all in that, but um, seems logical to me. Uh, I do have 
Uh, the Oil Kings and the uh, Madison Hat Tigers uh, close behind Calgary, and that could set up a rematch of the opening round from this past uh, spring. And uh, again, that could be a really good series. No matter who it is, uh, as Glenn said, that first round in uh, that 2-3 spot is going to be a heck of a series uh, come a playoff time. All right, let's dip south of the border. We'll go to the U.S. division next. And Josh Kreitzer, who writes uh, again for dubnetwork.ca, he's in the Portland area. We'll get his take on what's happening in the U.S. division next here on the Pipeline Show. Left wing, the drop pass. Kendry into the offensive zone. Top into the net in front for Madsen. What a save by Dustin Wolf. He stretched out with the glove. Makes the save and covers. Oh, my! 8.37 to go in the second. Hey, it's Dustin Wolf with the Everett Sober Tips, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. You touch me the ground. I'm on the hunt down after you. Smell like a sound. I'm lost in a crowd. Hunting down hungry like the wolves. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The store next door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. 